Hey, you know, sometimes the truth hurts, even when it's meant as a compliment. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, fight on everyone, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and I hope you're enjoying the show. <clears throat> whether you uh, whether you download your podcast for free or if you're watching the show on YouTube, do me a favor if you haven't done it already, hit that red subscribe button. And to those of you who already have, thank you so much. And as you can see, you can follow me on my Twitter at Mark Culkin, M-A-R-C-K-U-L-K-I-N. All right. So this episode of Locked on USC is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has co- had you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Lincoln Riley said this week, I think when we look back 10 years from now, this will probably, will probably be, in some ways, one of the less talented teams that we have. But in terms of chemistry, the locker room, being right, just the vibe and culture around the team, these guys have been outstanding, end quote. The topic that Lincoln was discussing at the press conference Wednesday was recruiting and how he sees his program, the USC program, trending. Um, So, again, Lincoln Riley was being brutally honest. In essence, he was saying, look, our goal here is we're, we're recruiting. We're going to get better talent to win championships. And what he came into, what he inherited, in isn't championship-level talent. Um, so I guess, you know, the guys in the locker room kind of get to wear that, that badge of honor as the underdogs who overachieved in 2022. You know, going from four and eight to to eleven and two so far, with a chance to win a twelfth game in the Cotton Bowl when they take on Tulane. Um, but what's interesting is to to hear Lincoln Riley speak so candidly, so matter of fact, uh, matter of fact. <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> he was being very frank. Um, there was a time when, back in the day, when Trojan fans used to make fun of UCLA and Bruin fans for for. For that gutty moniker that USC, you know, UCLA loved being the, the gutty little Bruins who would take on the mighty, powerful, physical Trojans. Well, it's it's hard to believe uh, that a team that had names with you know Tuli Tuipulotu, Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, Travis Dye, um, Eric Gentry, at Al. I mean, Shane, just. I, I can name off a few more names, um, but the, they were underdogs uh, 10 years from now. Think about that. Team, this team went 11 and 2, chance to win 12 games. And 10 years from now, Lincoln Raleigh is saying that this team might be considered an underdog compared to his future teams. Um, and I guess what, when you peel back the layers, you know, um, there's ju- just not a lot of NFL talent on the roster uh, that he inherited. So time will tell 
if uh, some of these gutty Trojans make it to the NFL or win a championship in 2023, the ones who are still around, um, the hope is that over time, uh, the roster will have a lot more names that give USC a chance to win championships. <clears throat> so while the goal is to win championships um, and not just you know win, sign, win, win signing day, you have to at least be, be able to compete on signing day. Hopefully that makes sense. Uh, again, the other day, uh, following the first day of the early signing period, Lincoln Riley said, quote, the goal is not to win signing day. The goal is to win championships. Okay, again, those two, if you look at the numbers, uh, there is a correlation between having highly uh, ranked recruiting classes and national championships. The problem is those recruiting crank rankings are really subjective, and it also shows that you only need to be correct 65% of the time in your class. So 6.5 of those recruits out of every 10, you need to be, they need to be a hit. You can't miss. But I think you miss, you know, 30% of the time, 33% of the time. Weird juxtaposition that you're coming, bringing those two things together. So again, the goal isn't to win signing day. The goal is to win championships. However, you need to, win signing day to win championships. See where I'm going with this? Um, what he was saying is what Herm Edwards said when he was uh, the coach of the New York Jets. You play to win the game. Remember that? Ironically, uh, Herm Edwards is out of a job right now, um, and ASU was staring down uh, the face of sanctions from the NCA for recruiting violations. <laughs> And that, this took place in 2020 during the height of the COVID fear. So um, Herm Edwards and his staff were literally having recruits doing in-person visits at home as well as on campus. <laughs> the dude took the envelope and just didn't just push it to the edge. He blew it off the table. Um, so I guess the question is, was Lincoln Riley being too harsh or is he being too truthful? The message wasn't meant to, you know, to hurt the current roster's feelings, uh, but sometimes the truth does hurt. Remember, as I said at the top, most of the roster that USC played with in 2022 was inherited. And while Riley recruited some of those guys while he was at Oklahoma, uh, most of them, most of the guys on the roster that he took over at USC, they wouldn't even have been invited to Norman on a recruiting visit. Uh, for barbecue or any of his uh, famous brisket. Go to the internet, do a, do a Google search, Lincoln Riley brisket, you'll understand. <laughs> Anyways, uh, another dynamic uh, that, that Riley has to get used to compared to recruiting in Norman, Oklahoma, uh, finding guys, and he talked about this at the press conference, who can handle the type of locker room culture that he wants in a big city atmosphere uh, compared to uh, what, you know, that comes along with the bright lights of the big city, you know, shining on you compared to, you know, Norman, Oklahoma, you know, where you're a big fish in a, in a, in a small fishing bowl, in a small bowl. It's, it's different. It, it, the, you have, it takes a different type of person 
who can handle the pressure that, that comes playing at USC in the big city. Um, you know, when Reggie Bush and Matt Leiner during the, the Halcyon days, like Pete Carroll's Halcyon days, those guys had their own entourage and their own private security. They couldn't get around without them. Just going from practice, from the practice field to the locker room, they would get mobbed again. And maybe that's why Lincoln Riley doesn't want people at practice, just to eliminate that dynamic. Uh, but it's part of what makes USC so special. So I would prefer the fans, as well as the media, having a more open access to practice. Maybe in the future. I digress. Um, so again, it, it makes recruiting a little bit different in Los Angeles. And um, so you have to make, be able to balance out the type of recruit who can handle it, but also who doesn't have that overinflated sense of self-value that uh, NIL has kind of placed on these young men in high school. So what I found really refreshing was uh, the candor that you know Riley spoke about when he talked about how he and the staff had to learn over this past year uh, what's different about recruiting in and for Los Angeles, um, the big city, compared to Norman, Oklahoma, and how he and his staff now feel better prepared going forward to accomplish their goals, which is to win championships. Uh, he also said that the recruiting class felt more con uh, conventional this time around. Remember, when he came in at the end of 2021 and end of November, he had a very small window to work with. Um, so he said that, you know, high school guys uh, that he hopes will be, that he, that he and his staff, will, he hopes can develop. Uh, he hopes, I want to emphasize that, uh, he can develop for many years based on those relationships established. Um, during recruiting, again, the key word being their hope, um, because while that's the hope that he can develop those players and make that the foundation of USC's program, um, he knows that players, if they're not happy, are going to use the transfer portal. And Riley knows how to use the transfer portal, too. We saw that. He took a 4-8 team, and by being able to mix in high school recruits, as well as a big influx of transfer guys, turned him into an 11-2 squad and was on the precipice of the playoffs. We know what happened in the conference championship game. Hopefully, with a better roster, deeper, particularly on defense, a better roster, as Lincoln Riley said, USC will be better prepared to handle a situation like what happened in the conference championship game. So we'll find out. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, <laughs> even in the states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high can get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement, law enforcement officers can't tell you when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. 
because the bottom line is if you feel different, you drive different and driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. The previous was paid for by the National Highway Traffic Safety and Advisory Committee. Again, thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Trust me, make sure to uh, check out Locked on Sports today. They have the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Plus, they have instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked on's take of the day. Locked on Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Okay, so USC's recruiting class has some really good players coming in. And that includes guys who are coming in through the transfer portal. Excuse me. Mm. Oh, I needed that. Sorry. Mouth was dry. Um, so, but who are some of the top five? Who would, who would you choose as the top five impact guys uh, that could be to play in 2023 out of this class. And there could actually be up to eight to 10 players that I can name, maybe even more. Um, but for brevity's sake, and because we have limited time on Lockdown USC, we'll give you all of your USC information in 30 minutes or less. And when you're not checking me out over here at Lockdown USC, head on over to wrsc.com. Trust me, I've got a lot of really good written content from myself. Eric McKinney, Scott Schrader, who had recruiting on frickin' lockdown. Chris Arledge has a really nice opinion piece, his musings on the recruiting class and what USC is doing and what they need to do going forward. And as always, we got Greg Katz with his uh, obvious, not so obvious, and his in my humble opinion stuff. We got a lot of good stuff for you over there. Anyways, back to Locked on USC, where we give you everything for free. Um, top five players who, in my opinion, will have an impact in 2023. Guys who are going to contribute. All right, number one, for, you got to start with Zachariah Branch, Zion's younger brother, Zion safety at USC, who probably would have played in 2022 had he not uh, had a knee injury during spring camp. This is what Lincoln Riley had to say about uh, the athlete with unique explosiveness is how we describe Zach Branch, Zachariah Branch. Quote, his explosiveness is very, very rare. You can get, you can go a lot of years and not come across a guy that has that elite explosiveness combined with just really, really good football skills. A lot of times you have to pick one or the other, end quote. He went on to say that, you know, there's nothing raw <laughs> about Zach. He has all of the physical skills as well as the uh, the football IQ uh, to match uh, that makes him just an instant impact guy. Uh, can he be the next Reggie Bush? As I mentioned, WeRSE.com's Chris Arledge believes. Uh, it would be hard to argue against uh, that chance considering who his head coach is going to be, Lincoln Riley. Um, and, you know, with the way quarterbacks produce at USC, and I know Branch isn't a quarterback, but if you need to kind of break up the monotony between quarterbacks winning the Heisman at USC, Branch is a good candidate. 
Um, I'm going to stay at the wide receiver position, although, uh, you know, at first I was going to say Makai Levin. So this this one isn't a stretch anymore. Um, But, again, I was going to say Makai Levin. I've mentioned before, he plays much bigger than his size. He's got strong hands. He's fast. He's shifty. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is who you're going to see at least who I see when I watch him play. But then all of a sudden I remembered, oh yeah, Dorian Singer from Arizona transferred into USC. So number two, he is going to have an impact this year coming up, well, in 2023 for USC. Again, very experienced, crowded wide receiver room, but I saw what Dorian Singer did for Arizona against USC. I also, as I mentioned this week, uh, he was the Pac-12 leading receiver, all conference, and with Jordan Addison uh, now going to the NFL, uh, he's going to look to earn that spot that Dorian is leaving behind. A lot of players to compete with, but uh, I wouldn't bet against him having an impact. Third player, um, we've got to go defense right now. Braylon Shelby, six foot five, two hundred forty pound edge rusher. From Friendswood, Texas, everyone wanted this guy. And he chose uh, USC over programs that were offering, or excuse me, were paying uh, higher than school, uh, that were paying much higher than USC. And I'm talking about schools like Miami, Texas A&M. I don't know how much LSU was paying, but again, LSU. Braylon could have gone anywhere he wanted. But uh, forget the fact that he's talented and that he comes from a football family, playing time is there at USC for the taking. And he, uh, whether it's going to be at the Russian spot um, or the spot that Tuli Tuliapolotu, uh, that more than likely is getting closer to that um, thinking is going to vacate when he goes to the NFL. Again, USC's defense needs a player of this caliber uh, to come in and make an impact. Whether he is... Leonard Williams good from the day he steps on campus. Who knows? Leonard Williams was one of the best to ever play at USC. He has the ability to be good um, when he arrives and then by the end of his freshman year to uh, really be trending in that. Maybe that Leonard Williams big cat direction. We can only hope, right? All right. At number four, Tekka Curtis, right? <laughs> the linebacker from Manny, Louisiana, dude's a stud. And I cannot emphasize STUD enough. And if you if you know the name Matt Grudegood, then you know what a good football player looks like. Tekka Curtis is a good football player. He is a winner. And he he's a guy who leads by example more than by words. And if he continues to use Lincoln Riley's uh, technique of visualizing your goals, like winning a championship, which Tackett wanted to do, and he did in his senior year in high school, uh, then he can continue to visualize visualize himself playing a lot at linebacker as a freshman for USC uh, because he's needed and he's going to have an advantage. He's graduating, or he's just graduated from you know, this month at, in high school, 
and he plans to enroll at USC in January, which means he will be playing in spring ball for USC. Number five, um, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. So it's going to be five and six, five A, five B. Mason Cobb and Jamil Muhammad, the um, linebacker, rush edge. Again, transfer portal guys coming in respectively from Oklahoma State and Georgia State. Uh, Again, USC needs players who can have an immediate impact. Uh, Those guys have college experience. And under their belts, for sure. You know, uh, Mason Cobb's got what two, three years of college experience, four years. Jamil, couple through two or three. Um, and again, Lincoln Riley needs more talent than he inherited on the defensive side of the ball. So, those are the guys who can come in at least five, six guys who can ha- make an immediate impact in 2023 out of this recruiting class, which, by the way, is not done. Remember, we're just in the early signing period. Uh, By the time you're watching this episode of Locked on USC on Friday, it will be the end of the early signing period. The three-day window will close. However, USC still has a few more prospects out there that they're anticipating on getting in the February signing day, letter of intent day, as well as the transfer portal is still open. So, We'll see what happens. We know there are finalists for Braden Fiske, the defensive end, defensive lineman from Western Michigan. It's between USC, Notre Dame, and Florida State. Unfortunately, it's kind of feeling like a Notre Dame or FSU instead of USC. However, Mason Cobb's teammate at Oklahoma State, Trace Ford, is still out there. And uh, USC can really use that defensive lineman as well. So, We'll keep you updated. Very fluid mode. Recruiting is always fluid and uh, locked on USC and wersc.com by extension uh, with your VIP stuff. We'll keep you connected. We'll keep you linked in, locked in, all that good stuff. So keep coming back. All right. So in that, we talked about guys who can have, who will make an impact in my opinion. Let's talk about some guys with paths to playing time and who or what could be standing in the way of that, in that, in that path. Again, this is another topic that's kind of fluid, uh, shouldn't be looked at in a vacuum. Um, And we'll, this is something that we can, we'll cover multiple shows. I can't, you know, I can't squeeze in everybody again, 30 minutes or less. Um, but off the top, let's talk about, you know, I mentioned briefly Makai Lemon as an impact guy. If anyone can kind of break down the wall, um, you know, persistence is much stronger than resistance. That's, a, that's something that we use in the coaching profession. If you keep persisting, eventually good things are going to happen. So, that wide receiver room, again, it's really crowded, and it's really good, and there's a lot of experience. But Makai Lemon's one of those guys uh, who isn't going to, doesn't care that there's guys in front of him who are as good. He's going to go prove that he's better. He's got that put pit bull mentality about him. Uh, 
What about uh, Christian Roland Wallace, the cornerback transfer from University of Arizona? Yeah. Uh, Mekhi Blackman, he's gone. He's off to the NFL after this, after the bowl game. You have Sia Wright coming back. You have Jacoby Covington coming back, both who played a lot at cornerback. Uh, Plus, you have, we're anticipating a healthy Damani Jackson, modern-day star, uh, being healthy in 2023. And then you have the other guys uh, who are returning on the roster, like Joshua Jackson, Prophet Brown. Um, So this is an area, I guess, where there's a path for playing time for a lot of guys, but you don't bring in a guy with Christian Roland Wallace's experience um, and a skill set that's really needed unless you anticipate him playing. I could have probably moved him up to the impact. But again, this is one of those fluid things that you kind of have to, you have to judge where, you know, you have to look at the roster, the depth chart, et cetera, and say, all right, well, these are just talking points. <laughs> For the podcast, nothing here that I say means a whole heck of a lot. Although I do appreciate you uh, listening in on my opinions. And then what about his teammate, uh, Kyan Bars, defensive tackle? Look, USC's losing Brandon Peely. Uh, Colin Mobley, Kobe Pepe are off in the transfer portal. USC needs Bars. Um, and they need more Kyan Bars. So, again, he's a guy who... I could have probably slid up there into the impact uh, segment. Look, this is this is a like I mentioned. We're going to be able to talk about a lot of players uh, that we can categorize in uh, path to playing time. There's a lot of paths to playing time on the defensive side of the ball, whether that's at defensive line, linebacker, maybe not at safety, um, and to a lesser extent, not a cornerback. But that front seven, there's a lot of paths to playing time. And I haven't even gotten to the offensive side of the ball. So like I said, still a lot of talk about when it comes to recruiting. One of the last things I want to say before we get uh, out of here for this week, I, I again, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate everybody who has made Locked on USC a part of their day. Hopefully their first listen every day. But uh, to me, that is the best present anybody could have given me. This has been a unique and a very special opportunity, and I hope to uh, continue to get better. So give me your feedback. Uh, That's a great present that you can give to me, some constructive criticism on how to make this show better, some things I can do, some things are out of my control. But uh, whatever you want to see as far as content, let me know. And so from me to you, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, and I will see you again next week on Locked On USC. So you know what to do until then.